Welcome aboard, Captain. Welcome back to the Star Trek Minute, the semi-daily podcast where we talk about and celebrate Star Trek for the voyage home one minute at a time. I'm one of your co-hosts, David Stoker. That would make me your other co-host, Chris LaSalle. Hello, Chris. Hey, Dave. Minute one. Minute one. Did, do, 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 you, do you have a hard time shifting to saying Star Trek for the voyage home? Are you, are you tempted to yes, say that Star was Trek my, So that was my <laughs> second take. So, yes, I had a particularly hard time with that. Also get, on my note, note page, I spelled it wrong. So that was equally challenging. Did you spell the word wrong or did you say like Star <laughs> Trek 3, the voyage home or what? <laughs> no, I spelled the word voyage home wrong. You'll have plenty of opportunities to... Uh, to get it right. Yes. So, as I mentioned, we are on minute number one, and our minute starts on uh, the dedication of the crew of the USS Challenger mm-hmm. and ends with the appearance of the credit for William Shatner. Right. So, we're looking at a week's worth of credits. Exciting. Uh, I, exciting. I, I found it interesting that you said our minute started with the challenger members yes because you found some interesting information about our friends in some other countries and how their movie starts i didn't find this out myself uh uh with the help of one of our our friends of the show lee Sargent. he does um star trek 365 which are these uh, uh fantastic um uh, i want to say doodles but that's probably underselling it uh, some fantastic star trek artwork um, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't say doodles. I mean, these are yeah. These are yeah, these are these are legit good good stuff. Yeah, good stuff. So so Lee is in Australia, and he uh, he actually mentioned as we were kind of lining up guests for the season, um, he's the one that brought that to my attention. I'm like what? Um, so yeah, there's a whole I guess overseas, um, at least in Australia and in Germany, um, there's a another another uh, previously on you know Star Trek two and three. Mm. Uh, segment that occurs right at the top of the of the film so we didn't get to see it here in north america but it's yeah it's a three minute long uh sequence of uh kirk kind of narrating um what's been happening what's been happening to them in star trek 2 and star trek 3 yeah i mean it's it's kind of I don't want to say silly, but it's it's a little weird when you because there are and we can always post a link in youtube um, as well, but after watching it, you just sort of like with Kirk narrating what's going on, and one of the parts is, you know, we made our way to uh, Genesis, but we weren't the first ones there. You know, it's just kind of like it's a little weird with him, with him, with him narrating it like that. Yeah, you know what it made me think of? It was, um, uh, boy, it, it, there was all sorts of when when we were kids, you could get, um, you know. Uh, Star Trek, the picture book, you know, where it would have stills <laughs> from the film and they'd put, you know, they'd put, you know, comic book balloon, you know, you know, right. thought balloons and, 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 and conversational balloons above them. Um, you, or you could get the, you know, someone narrating the story on record, you know, with a picture book that went with it, you know, like turn the page when you hear the boom. Um, <laughs> yep. 
and, and that's what this makes me think of because it's it's just again it's Kirk you know in three minutes telling a summary of those two films and what happened in those two films um, so it's super obviously super high level and you know reusing all the footage um, I find it I find it interesting that they didn't include it in North American mm-hmm. releases because the beginning of Star Trek three you know we had the that yeah, um, we, they, they, right. the the rehash of the death of Spock and, and what happened at the end of Star Trek two. Um, yep, I, I agree. I mean, I, I think a, a synopsis, if they were sticking with the way they did it, they should have done something. But I think a three-minute maybe would have been stretching it with a narration by Kirk. Hmm. You know, might have been might have been stretching. Maybe they did some tests and found out that people didn't want that. Well, I find it. Yeah. I also find it. I also wonder why they did both movies. You know, why not just previously on Star Trek and you know, just talk about what happened in Star Trek three. I just find it interesting they yeah. went all the way back, but maybe they had to explain, you know, well, Spock died in two, so we had to go get him in three, and, you know, Spock right. regenerated, so I guess if you're going to give context to context, you need context. Just mm. um, uh, Obviously, they didn't go back to the motion picture. No tie-ins there. Yeah, no tie-ins there. Well, yeah. I mean, you could have, but... <laughs> so so do you think we they, do you think they should have included it in all... All versions, or I don't know. We've talked about you know Star Trek two, three, and four as sort of being like a trilogy. Um, you know the the I guess the Spock trilogy, if we want to mm. label it. Okay. Um, the Spock Kirk trilogy, because um, it's mostly about mostly about them, right? More than more than anybody else. But I figure it would have been cohesive to say, okay, we did Star Trek two, into Star Trek three, we have a synopsis, and then maybe. Star Trek 4, you have a little bit of a synopsis too, because I don't know. I mean, at this point, we're at Star Trek 4. Who is who is coming to see this? Mm. Is it Star Trek fans only? Is it everybody? And uh, interesting, you know, we'll get into this a little more, but in that, in that, uh, you know, Star Trek 4 was the the fifth highest grossing movie that year. Um, making what it was at 109, 110 million mm-hmm. for that year. Um, so people went and saw it. Yeah, I, w- I would think it's been, especially. I mean, we talked about the trailer right in the in our episode zero of the season, um, right? And I think the the trailer was definitely, um, they, you know, they they played up all the laughs and like this is going to be a fun funny movie yeah. you know set in set in the 80s and set in a local time so i think was, i think they probably um they probably attracted more of an audience than just star trek fans um so in some ways oh, I, it, it makes sense right, that they yeah. would do a recap for the the non-nerds who haven't seen the other films i think we probably said the same exact thing for star trek 3 is like yeah well yeah you know, the people who are just walking into it but again interesting that it's only overseas releases that did this and not Right, North America. But well, then speaking of uh, other films in in 1986, uh, like you said, this uh, this one came out in November, right? It was a Thanksgiving yep. film, mm. um, and uh, interesting, not not a summer release. Um, and what did you say? Was it the number five film? Number five, yeah. And I find, and I and I, we were going through some of these offline, and you know, I think the top, I would say the top three. 
um, I really don't have a surprise there. Like Top Gun, Crocodile Dundee, and Platoon all were huge movies back then. And I and I have no, you know, I, I, I if you told me that today and said, hey, did you know Top Gun was the highest grossing movie of 1986? I'd totally believe you because yeah, I think that movie made a ton of money. Yeah, it did indeed. We all wanted to fly jets that year. Yes. Yeah. But I think like looking at some of the other movies, we laughed because number six is back to school with Rodney Dangerfield. Like, are you kidding me? <laughs> and it beat out Aliens. Yeah, Al- beat out Aliens. Aliens is the number seven movie that year, 86 million. And yeah, and back to school beat it out. I'm like, what? How is that I mean, even possible? I, and we were, yeah, like going offline, we were looking at some of the, you know, some of the movies that had come out that year and, you know, Hannah and her sisters, uh, you know, Platoon, which we mentioned, uh, uh, Out of Africa came out, um, The Color of Money. I think there were a lot of, you know, and I, I, the one I, that struck me was Stand By Me, which mm. was not in the top 10. And I look back at that movie and I think of, like, I'm sure we saw it in the theater together. Oh, yeah. And I'm thinking, like, that that was such a great movie. I'm like, I cannot believe it didn't make more money. Well, I, you know, I think, yeah, I, I, I would agree with you. And I also wonder, though, um, you know, how much of that became, did that was that movie more of a, like, a cult classic that became popular after it was mm-hmm. in theaters? Because I know everybody, like, everybody knows it. You talk to anybody, you're like, oh, Stand By Me, they all love it. Everyone loves it. Yeah, right. Um, and they're also, you know, a lot of times they're also surprised. I can't believe that was a Stephen King story, you know, like, you know, cause it's such a, you know, right, yeah. the, at least the way it was presented on film, like, you know, light heart, more lighthearted than dark. And, uh, but yeah, yeah, I was surprised too that it didn't even make the top 10. Um, there was some fun, <laughs> fun items here, you know, that down, um, you know, going down memory lane, uh, the mm. Manhattan project, um, yep. and, uh, American Anthem, <laughs> It's just that was like yeah. wasn't that the gymnastics movie? Yeah, I think so. And then uh, Running Scared, which was Gregory Hines yeah. and Billy Crystal. I I think I've seen that movie a thousand times, and I don't remember if I saw oh, it yeah. in the theater, but it was on HBO afterwards, like constantly. Yes. <laughs> uh, some some great stuff. Um, a shout out to uh, uh, Prince. Under the Cherry Moon came out in 1986. Yep. Uh, oh yeah. Not, not a great movie, but fun to see uh, if you're a Prince fan. Yeah, some, uh, you know, a lot of cult, you know, you, you said it before, a lot of cult movies came out this year, like uh, Highlander and Cobra. Like, those are big. <laughs> yep. You know, they, they, they weren't necessarily, like, big box office movies, but, I mean, Highlander is one of my favorite movies. And Cobra, I know a lot of people talk about Cobra and, like, review it for, you know, its its cult status. Yeah. Yeah, we should have done before we before we started recording this episode was gone through the list and see how many of these movies we actually saw. Yes. <laughs> I'm like Howard the Duck, One Crazy Summer, mm-hmm. uh, all of those we we, we probably. Oh, you know, I'm sure we yeah, I'm sure we saw them. Yeah, The Fly. Yeah. Um, anyway, so it's it's quite it was quite the quite the year for movies, um, mm. and uh, and yeah, so Star Trek uh, Star Trek Four grossed was the number five grossing. Yep. So as we as we go into this, uh, as we look at the minute, you know, minute one, it's full of credits. Um, but I think the most interesting thing 
outside of the fact that they did not uh, include the um, you know the three minute introduction is the uh, inclusion at the very beginning of the dedication to the challenger crew uh, yeah that was that was uh, pretty special. Uh, special, right? I, I, I almost said heartwarming too, and like, no, that's not the right word either. But um, right, I mean, yeah. So that 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 accident, the accident that happened in January earlier in the year, right, January twenty eighth, yeah. um, and uh, I mean, it, it makes total sense that uh, that Star Trek did this, right? I mean, Star Trek has always been, uh, or at least for me, I've always, uh, I've always confused it or tied it in with you know our own space program here in the united states you know whether it was the apollo missions um or the space shuttle right. missions and there's just it's always been star trek always it's always been tied to it is star trek is the future of these things that have that, are, that have been happening during my lifetime with right. the real space program so um and you know star trek has been um you know affiliated with nasa in some ways with you know the first space shuttle was or the or the prototype space shuttle was was christened the enterprise yeah um, a little sobering you know to, to have that but also i think um i think it's great that they they dedicated it to them right yeah and you know we grew up in you know chris and i both grew up in new hampshire where Krista McAuliffe was, uh, she was a teacher. She was in Teacher in Concord. Um, So I think it hit home for us even more a little bit. And I think the thing I remember most from that is being, I think we were either heading to another another class and then the announcement came over the loudspeaker and said that school had been canceled for the rest of the day Mm -hmm. due to the tragedy. And like they had the buses show up and, you know, people got rides and, we all headed home and probably went and watched it on TV for the next few hours in disbelief. Yeah, it, it, yeah, exactly. I do remember that. I remember being in the cafeteria, hearing that, and uh, yeah, and I don't, I don't, I, I know it was a, it was, I mean that the, you know, there was a lot of hype for that mission because of Kristen McAuliffe and her being the first yep. teacher, and uh, you know, for us, we, you know, we were, we went to high school in Manchester, New Hampshire. It was just, you know what 20 minutes south of concord so we you know we yep. kind of had it felt like we had a connection at least it was a teacher from new hampshire so there was there was a lot of hype for it and um yep. i don't i don't remember if, uh, or if you did, did do you remember if anybody was watching it in school um i don't remember if anyone happen. yeah had it had it had, saw it happen probably one of the first times in my life being a i don't know teenager in high school like you know having one of those hey do you remember where you were when moments right you know um you know yeah but it was awful i remember (laughs) i just remember being awful and and you know seeing the footage over and over again like oh my god Mm. um but also the you know uh, one thing that's always amazed me you know was all the you know how nasa then went about figuring out what went wrong right and how to fix it and and i that i i found that fascinating too is is as a kid it's like wow they were able to you know you know, break it down and figure out where that O-ring was that failed. And, um, mm. you know, how, how many of us all know what an O-ring is now because of that? You know yeah. I mean? is right. it, yeah. Um, a, a classy nod from Star Trek to, uh, mm. to the, oh, yeah, definitely. the crew, the Challenger. You know, and as we 
we finish out this minute, it's basically going through the <clears throat> quickly we'll just go through I mean it's the credits, Harv Bennett production, Leonard Nimoy film, and then the Is this is this Nimoy's is this now his second film or his third? Because I, I forgot to I know he did Three Men and a Baby, but I don't remember if he did it between the two Star Trek films. Um I don't you know, I don't know what order he did them in. Um I guess where I was going with it was, you know, and we'll be talking about it throughout this season is just, you know, uh, how he's improved, you know, as a director. You know, we can right. go back now and compare, you know, the search for Spock to, to Voyage Home. And he's definitely uh, definitely matured as a director. I think we'll, we'll be able to see that kind of stuff. Yeah, he did these two back-to-back as director, uh, 1984, 1986. And then Three Men and a Baby came out in 87. Oh, okay, so it was after. All right. Yeah. Uh, he did, yeah, he did quite a few after as director. Um, the Good Mother, Funny About Love, Holy Matrimony, and I think mostly after that he did a lot of, a lot of voice work. Did you see any of those films? You just rattled off a bunch of films that I've never seen. <laughs> I did not. Does that make me? Does that make us bad Trekkies that we don't, you know, like <laughs> consume all of the media that these guys are involved in? No, not necessarily. No. Right. Yeah, I mean, I think I do some. I think I watch some of the movies that they do, but I'm not like I like Leonard Nimoy for the some of the other things he's done. You know, he was Galvatron in Transformers the movie, which I was big big fan of. I did not know that. That's cool. Yeah, Galvatron. Yeah. What kind of vehicle was he? I don't. He was he was like the reimagined, like Megatron gets blown up and he gets rebuilt as. Galvatron, which is like a cannon, so it's the same type of weapon. Awesome, a cannon. Hey, I, I had a note that the uh, the you know the film title dis- come, coming up in this minute, um, Star Trek IV: The Voyage Home. It kind of like yeah. um, uh, comes in using the the cloaking effect and transporter sounds. Uh, so that's kind of new. They haven't done opening titles like that. Yeah. Um, and I actually went, I did a little bit because I was like, oh, that looks new. And the font, I'm always, every time I watch these movies, what, no matter which one it is, I always think, <laughs> oh, they're using a different font this time. Yeah. And I went back, I actually went back um, and watched the first minute of uh, Wrath of Khan, Search for Spock, and the motion picture. Yeah. Um, and it's, Wrath of Khan is still the uh, atypical of the rest. They all use the same font except for Wrath of Khan. And I always think in my head, I've got it reversed. Like, how come they don't? How come they're right. not using the Wrath of Khan font? Which, in fact, that was the, a different one. Everybody else uses this very similar format. Yeah, this one's uh, this this title card is is similar um, to uh, Star Trek Three. I think it's the, yeah, definitely the same font, same family. But I think they made it look a little different, you know, by extending the s and the bottom of the four mm-hmm. extending the t a little bit so it looks a little looks a little different and i think the fact that they also do the beaming effect yeah um <laughs> <laughs> yeah obviously you know what i think about that by chuckling um i yeah it's okay i guess and, and why, I get, why do they need to do it, that it, <laughs> you know what i I was thinking about it, and I'm thinking, like, are they setting the tone of the movie right off the bat? It's going to be a little bit more fun, a little bit more whimsical. Look, the title card beams in. Ah, 
Okay. You know, are they like, is this like one of those psychosomatic or not, that's not the right <laughs> word, but you know what I mean? Like, is it some subliminal? Subliminal suggestion where they're like, <laughs> hey, let's beam in the title card. That'll get them right off the bat. That's cute. You need to go see that movie because that title card, fantastic. <laughs> I got to say, I'm going to say it right now. We're on episode, we're on minute one of the season. Um, I'm going to keep an open mind this season with the comedy. And okay. uh, I know I've been complaining for the past two movies <laughs> that I'm like, uh, you know, the comedy, the comedy, you're killing me. But I, I'm going to keep an open mind with this one. Um, it's it, They're doing it on purpose. They're doing it for a reason. And I'm going to mm. just, I'm going to embrace it. And uh, and so I just love that you've you've already like, yeah, this is the, the beaming in is meant to be whimsical. I, I, I buy it. <laughs> I'm in. However, I got to say, my notes in here, what is going on with the music? <laughs> oh, you don't like the music? Uh, I, the, it's it's already, I, they, they got to fake it. It's just, they, they fake you out with the, it's opening up with the, you know, the classic, you know, fanfare. And then you get the beam in and then all of a sudden the music switches to Star Trek, the Christmas special. Yeah. <laughs> and oh, okay that, that that's that uh, we can talk about more because i think we, it, it, there's 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 more to talk about with um uh, uh was it leonard what's his name leonard roseman who, yep. who does does the soundtrack i'll save it but i'm just saying i'm already in this minute it feels like star trek the christmas special <laughs> you sound like me <laughs> <laughs> oh we're on the same page are we good good <laughs> So yeah, <laughs> that's all I had for this minute. Do you? What about yeah. you? No, I think we're good. I think we covered it all. All right. Well, I'm excited to be back. Um, yeah, hope me you too. are too. Yeah, good, 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 good. I think it'll be. A, it's going to be a fun movie. It's going to be a fun season. Mm. Um, so, a uh, uh, folks, we're just going to uh, invite you all to, if you haven't already, um, why don't you hop on out and uh, rate, review, and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts. Um, you can find us out on the social medias, um, Twitter and Instagram and uh, Facebook. Um, we're all over the place. Um, so feel free to check us out. And uh, we're going to be back again on uh, on Wednesday, talking about Minute 2 of Star Trek for The Voyage Home here at the Star Trek Minute. Bye now. Goodbye. <laughs>